lot of you guys here. Let's douse it. And by the way, Matty Arnold was not wearing goggles. As he said he wouldn't. Yes. Feeling the sting. Yep. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Save yep. some champagne, will you? You got it. Okay, pal. All right. Okay, pal. 8.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Great to have you with us here on this Wednesday morning. Exactly how we drew it up. The Brewers are, in fact, National League Central Division champions. I have somehow been branded as <laughs> not keep, entirely happy you about that. You keep couching it. It isn't what we thought it would be, but no, they, they are the champions. Who wouldn't rather have won that game last night? Who cares? That's all I'm saying. Who cares? Well, it's, it's more funner that way. Yeah, they didn't look like they were having fun last night. You're right. <laughs> I'm just saying I went to bed. Because we were down four one, the Cubs were up six to nothing, <laughs> and I my brain immediately went into okay. So for Thursday's show, when we when we've clinched on Wednesday, yeah, because I passed on Tuesday happening. So for Thursday's show, and like we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and this is how we're going to do it. And then I woke up this morning, and oh by the way, <laughs> the Jeff Levering, Jeff Levering said he had to do two loads of laundry of the same clothes in order to get the champagne smell out of it. I absolutely have the vision of like you've been fishing or something, or you're muddy, you're doing whatever, cigar smoking. Right, your your spouse is at the door, husband or wife, whoever's out there is like. Don't even, don't come any further. <laughs> Take off right here. Don't even walk in the house like that. Right. So what do you want to do? Like, I want to, I want to take you inside this super cool celebration that frankly doesn't happen all that often. Right. And we haven't seen it at home because the Brewers were able in whatever fashion to clinch at home <laughs> and get it done. So they got to celebrate in their clubhouse. Uke was there. All the folks were there. Yes. And so what I want to do right now is just as as often as we can and in as many different cuts here that we have, take you inside that party because it got started and it was live. The Iglesias pitch, a swing and a miss, and the Brewers, for the third time in six years, are the National League Central Division champions, and the Brewers are at the top of the Central once again. So that's inside American Family Field as news had trickled down that the Cubs had lost. They're watching the game at the stadium. So that's super awesome. I mentioned Bob Uecker. But one thing is for sure, they are the champions. That's, That's the bottom line, and we hear that. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So what did Lane say? He said as soon as he got off the broadcast, he went and actually dropped off some stuff so he didn't Levering. get all his, right, yeah. or, sorry, he uh, Jeff Levering this morning. Ran out to the car and then into the clubhouse for the party. And apparently the players were watching the end of the Cubs game as well, mm-hmm. waiting for that thing, and then learned obviously in that moment that, okay, you're the division champions. You, at worst, are hosting you know, two, uh, three games here at home. So there, they can clinch at home right. next week then. There you go, Vince. We got that. Let's hear from Brewers pitcher Corbin Burns on the celebration. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've celebrated. I know it's been, been at least five times in the last six years and, and some, other, some other celebrations with that. But uh, yeah, this is a feeling that, uh, that never gets old. Yeah, it doesn't get old. That's what he said. And you're telling me it shouldn't get old either because we've been here... What is it now? Five of the last six seasons we've been yeah, in the playoffs? Yeah, and, and three of the last winning the, the division. I'm so, just no, I and I, I get it. I get the idea of like, hey, okay, now though let's make a run. You know, it's let's not just be happy to be there. And I honestly I don't believe Matt Arnold is like that. I don't think he's just happy to be here. I certainly know that Atanasio doesn't feel that way. 
I've heard that time and time again that he's like, all right, let's go. Let's do this now. Well, if, if there's if there if you've sensed any muted celebration in me today as a fan and probably this permeates in, in Brewers world, okay. it is that it's that. OK, and I, I, not that I'm not happy for sustained success, sure, yeah, yeah, not yeah. that I'm not happy. What did Rick Schlesinger say the other day that in the last how many years we've had three days of meaningless baseball, meaning isn't that incredible last season? It was we were out of it about two, three, you know, three days, really, or three games. With three games remaining, the Brewers were out of it. So you play out the string, quote-unquote. Does anyone remember all of the 90s? Right. <laughs> the entire decade? Some terrible teams. And so, not that I'm not happy for that sustained success, but there is a little bit about, okay, what last year was an early exit, right? Was Or the year before. 21 was an early exit. It was two and done, and we were out. Or maybe, no, we did win one. Nonetheless, we lost in that first round. We Ever had, since 18, it hasn't really been a great postseason run for us. We've had a Game 7 now in the NLCS at home. Didn't get over that hump. Lost to a really good uh, Los Angeles team, but didn't go back to the World Series. I'm just, you know, I'm with Brewers fans that as much as I have a love and affinity because it's right when I first started playing, uh, paying attention to baseball, yeah. 1980, 81, 82, as a kid. So I love those teams. I mm-hmm, love those mm-hmm. players, whatever. But I'm ready to be done with that. So Celebrating what, 1982. What, so let's go. What needs to be a success this season? Is that a fair question? What, does it have to be World Series or nothing? Well, I'm not World Series or bust, and I'm not saying that if we you know, make a deep run here and we don't make the World Series or win the World Series, that the teams, that it's somehow a failure or a loss or we shouldn't be joyful or whatever. I just know that, like me, in my heart, as a fan, I'm ready to go back to the World Series and I'm ready to win the damn thing. That's what I got there. Matt Arnold, you mentioned him before. He was enjoying himself. I think, honestly, in spring training, I really do. I think I think we had a really good group, and I think it's you know it starts with the, the tone that Craig sets. And and every day when we come to the yard, we want to compete, you know. And I just think it's it starts with him and those guys, and just our entire team of people that work hard uh, to put this all together. And I'm just so fortunate to be a proud of it. I know that we're biased because we get to talk to Matty Matty Arnold every week. But, like, I was happiest for him last night. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Like I, because the amount of energy and time and effort and passion and sacrifice that guys put in. I mean, just and to do it in a small market like this, like, everything he has done to make this team. I mean, and you said it last week. The guy hardly has missed. Right. Virtually every lever he's pulled that he could pull has been a hit. Yeah. I mean, what's the exception? Maybe the pitcher, Chafin? Didn't exactly pan out. Right. Okay. Has, hasn't been perfect. I mean, he has a nice mustache, I guess. Okay. Got but that. Mark Canna, barely knew of him before we picked him up. This Donaldson from the, I keep saying, from the Yankees, they had him on the trash yeah. heap. Whatever. He shows up and not only has been an offensive weapon, but also this guy plays a pretty good third base. He made yeah. a great play yesterday. Mm-hmm. Catching that uh, foul ball right up against the, the netting there. I mean, so, right, everything that... that Brewers senior vice president, general manager Matt Arnold has done every lever he's pulled has seemed to work. He mentioned he mentioned Craig Council. We've been really solid pitching wise all year. We've been really solid defensively and offensively. I think we just we kind of we got the mix going and, and guys like Mark and Carlos, Josh Donaldson lately have added a lot to this. And you feel good for Craig Council. And you could hear you because we, we know we have Craig on on Tuesday mornings. So you mm-hmm. know when he, like there's. 
it's almost like you could hear his smile there right? when he's talking in that way. You could hear how happy he was and legitimately happy for this team. The ingredients are there. You can hear it in the clubhouse. Not just offense, not just defense, not just pitching. Like These are good guys. And they're set up for more success. They are set up that way. I want to. Is this the soundbite, the one with uh, all the popping in the background? This team's built for October, and winning the division is the first step. The goal, the first goal, is done. How many celebrations we got left? Let's get Manny Arnold. The GM brought a lot of you guys here. Let's bounce. And by the way, Matty Arnold was not wearing goggles. As he said, he wouldn't. Yes. Feeling the sting. Yep. 8.23 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight twenty-seven on Wisconsin's Morning News. One more from Uke. The club now celebrating a Central Division Championship again. Onward towards a World Series. On the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620 from Lori in Fond du Lac. Uh, yeah, others thinking it too. We do have the, we'd love the Brewers. Yes, though, that win would have been a deeper excitement last night. Meaning like if the Brewers won in on that last moment, yeah. So that's, what does that mean? I'm saying. Don't, like, don't enjoy today no, then? No one... <laughs> Why does it have to be an either or? Oh, like, it just has a little bit of wet blankety feel to it. I don't know. Uh, let me see. I'm with you, Vinny. I want the I want to win the damn thing before I die. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. There, yeah, I, obviously there's a hunger there. It's been a long time. It's been 40 years now. If you win an auto and race because win it the leader runs out of gas, it's a victory. A championship is what counts. Ooh, I like that idea. Right. Coast he, it in? Hey. <laughs> hear the actual words coming out of my mouth. I think it's totally legit to celebrate. <laughs> totally great. We won body of work of through 157 games, 88 of which we won. We earned that. We earned the pad to not have to win out. Yeah, I agree. In order to right. get in. So all totally fine with it. I, I think you're... I'll use the word hesitation to celebrate today stems from your desire not to just be happy to be in. Yes. Right. 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 Would you call it a, a, a muted celebration? Yes. Or yes. just tempered? Because, yeah, if we yes, go good. over the top today, like I've been pushing for, like let's just play some queen all day. The reason, right. yes. the reason for that is because I think, hey, you got to enjoy the moment. This doesn't happen very often, but your point is, no, can't just be happy to get in again. We have to actually make a run to make this count. What did Count say at the end of his thing that you played during the pop, the, the champagne popping? How many more celebrations do we have left? And it took the guys a second. Like one, two, four. Okay, we got the wild card round, and then the DS, and then the CS. And four. Then, World four Se- more. Four more celebrations. Right. That's what I'm in for. Okay. Four more. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Did I see this right? This is a new thing. Yes. Popped up on ABC this morning. That dog bit somebody else. So, Commander, this is the younger dog at the White House, the Biden dog, bit another U.S. Secret Service agent at Man. the White House on Monday night. So this has happened a couple of times with Commander, also with Major. Major they sent home. Yeah, because he kept biting Secret Service agents. All right, so do you want to guess how many biting incidents Commander has been involved in? Just Commander, so not including Major. Yes. Mm, Just Commander? Yes. Okay. Just Commander. Four. Four? Yeah, four is what I'm guessing. 
Not even close. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. Eleven times this dog's bitten somebody in the White House. This is the eleventh known biting incident involving the two-year-old German Shepherd known as Commander. Uh, So now they're trying to figure out what to do with Commander. Uh, Here is a statement. The President and the First Lady are incredibly grateful to the Secret Service and the Executive Resident staff for all they do. Uh, they also That's so grateful that we'll ship this dog out who keeps biting them. Um, this isn't a Secret Service thing. This is a workplace safety issue, uh, as some are saying here. The trust have to figure out what to do now with this dog. It's only a matter of time before an agent officer is attacked or bit. One staff member warned in an email. I'm also worried about the president. <laughs> Keep the president away from him if he's this erratic. Isn't it with the German shepherds, though? They're, protect- they're hyper-protective of their owner. So if he, you know, he perceives President Biden to be his guy that with the Secret Service huddling all around him and things like that. In one email incident in October, First Lady Jill Biden couldn't regain control of the dog as it charged a member of the Secret Service. Right. Can, can, cannot, cannot, cannot. Do they have him as a pet, though? Because there's a lot of studies out there about the connection between the dog and their person. And if they don't spend a lot of time, obviously the president is busy. He can't sit there with the dog, petting him and, you know, bonding with him if uh, if he's a president. So, right. you know, I think I, that might have something else to do with it um, as far as what they would do with it. I would imagine they would end up like sending it off to be uh, trained like it, it a, like a camp to be trained and work with other people then asked by cnn whether the new training had taken place or if any further action would be sought communications director for the first lady said that the first family continues to work on ways to help commander handle the often unpredictable nature of the white house I mean, how many times what did you say 11 how many times <laughs> do you need to be told this isn't working out it's a relationship and a lot of people work in the white house it's not just the president's house. I mean, it's the people's house. Imagine if it was your neighbor, your neighbor's dog had right. bitten 11 people. Right. You'd be like, hey, man, <laughs> when are you getting rid of that dog? Or how about the previous administration? That never would have been tolerated. Can you imagine the outrage? The outrage. Oh, Trump's harboring this terrible dog. He's attacking people. No respect for the Secret Service. That would have been the whole thing. Trump's more as, of a bird guy, right? He's got canary. <laughs> as well, that would have been justified. But like, how many times? Trump has macaws. He's got a he's got a ferret. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. He does not. <laughs> and the car bit another agent. Eight forty five on Wisconsin's morning news. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven. Eight forty-eight, Wisconsin's morning news on the Old National Bank talking text line. The difference between the Biden administration and the Trump administration is that Biden's dog attacked the Secret Service. Trump himself attacked the Secret Service. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! New proposal in the Wisconsin State Legislature targets election integrity, and not necessarily in this case making the election more secure, but making a move that will likely help with our perception of whether the election is more secure. Hope Carnot reporting in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel today. Bill introduced by three Republican lawmakers would allow clerks to begin processing absentee ballots the day before Election Day, something election officials in Wisconsin have long asked for. So without getting into the particulars of how exactly that would all work, right now, as we know, clerks cannot begin the process of scanning absentee ballots or any of that stuff until the polls actually open on Election Day. It's one of the things that contributes to late returns in some corners of the state. And the perception of late-night, quote-unquote, ballot dumps 
and other things that can be made to seem shady, even if it's entirely legit. So, for example, you have some candidate who's up, and we had this with Governor Walker in the 18 election, right? He was up, he was leading, he was leading, he was leading, and then, oh, then there was a late-night ballot drop or a dump of all sorts of, well, they were getting around to counting those ballots because the process takes all day. And so one of the things that you can do to help people's confidence in the process is find a way to tabulate those results earlier so you don't have that. And it's exactly the type of recommendation made by a national nonpartisan panel that included a local Marquette University professor with whom I spoke uh, for about 15, 20 minutes just the other day. No question, Americans' faith in the election process is shaken, whether you believe rightly or wrongly. ABC News Ipsos poll earlier this year, only 30% of Democrats and just 13% of Republicans said they were, quote, very confident in the U.S. election system overall. We're really looking at uh, making recommendations to one, secure elections, and two, help increase the perception that elections are secure. Both ends of that important. That's Dr. Julia Azari, professor of political science at Marquette University. She was invited to join this nonpartisan panel of experts. They come from academia, from the area of law, from nonprofit sectors, and they kind of form this work group that is led by a professor at UCLA. And among other things, they produced a document called 24 for 24, Urgent Recommendations in Law, Media, Politics, and Tech for Fair and Legitimate 2024 U.S. Elections. What needs a really significant shift in our politics is to think about the process and, you know, what might or might not need to be tightened up with regard to concerns people might have about voting machines or absentee ballots or whatever. But that needs to be hammered out well in advance of the election. I think that's the that was, again, the kind of broadest common denominator. So that's Dr. Azarian. One of the things that people are interested in and seem to agree upon after working the election integrity issue for two days together in this group. So no matter what we do, whether you want to process these ballots earlier or you want to make changes in voter registration, any of the things that you want to do, do them now. Don't do them two weeks before the election and certainly don't whine about them three days after the election when the result didn't come out your way, because then that just opens up people's suspicion of intentions. So. Things are, like I told you up top, what can we do? Can help clerks tabulate election results more quickly and thus more quickly report those results out. That will help in terms of perception. Now, her report actually goes on, this group's report goes heavy on perception as well. And all the people who have a role on that, including us here in the media, one suggestion that the report makes is that we on election night are more cognizant of our messaging, for example, how we're describing the returns coming in after polls close. Once the votes are in, it's you know eight o'clock on election night, votes are in and they're being counted at whatever pace they're being counted in that locality is that they not they, the media not continue the sort of horse race framing of one candidate is in the lead or someone is pulling ahead. Because that makes it sound like it's still a dynamic process um, and that there's some there's some uncertainty about what the votes are. The votes are in that the election result exists. We just don't know it yet. I thought that was a fascinating yeah. point, don't you? We describe it like a horse race. Yes. Can- it's not this- a horse race. The race is over. This candidate is at 57 percent to 50 percent of the vote and yada, yada, yada. But this many precincts are still outstanding and reporting it, as she said, uh, Dr. Azari from Marquette. As if it's some sort of dynamic process that like other gains could still be made, even though the votes are in. It's happened. So it's in the tabulation of the process. And I don't know how else I guess we'd really have to think about how else do we report that out. But it lends itself to sort of this feeling of, well, like, 
how could this candidate have been so far ahead and then all of a sudden ended up right. losing? Like, right. it's not possible, even though all the ballots had already been cast. I thought that was interesting. Another thing that she said we can do better in the media is explain the fact that elections where you live may not run the way elections run somewhere else. It's why we can be done counting votes. Like, Florida's done counting like really early. Yet in Arizona or Pennsylvania, they're still counting votes on Thursday. How can that be? We don't really have an election system. We have thousands of local election systems and not a lot of uh, necessarily federal protections around the right to vote. A lot of that is really dealt with at the federal and state level. And that's something I guess that we didn't we didn't go into kind of, you know, how to solve that in the report. But it's something I really emphasize with my students is that you really have to know what's going on um, at the local level in thousands of localities to truly understand how elections are being carried out. So again, Dr. Julia Azari, professor of political science at Marquette University, who's part of this nonpartisan panel of experts who had a series of recommendations as we move forward for 2024. The other thing she said is, you know, when you have an election that is, how did she phrase it? The margin of victory is inside the margin of error, right? Quote unquote, when you have razor thin elections, look, if it's a boat race, then we don't have these things of, well, these votes over here, those votes over there. So no matter how this next one turns out, I hope somebody wins by a landslide. 855 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. One more wet day as we have scattered showers around today with a high of 67 degrees. And then tonight, still a slight chance for a shower or storm and a low down to 62. Vince, we got a long way to go. we got a long way to go. But it's okay for Brewers fans to celebrate today. And the pitch. Here's the 1-1. One, one. And Adamus, a high Grisham at the track wall. Gone! Rowdy Tiles, welcome back on the world. Iglesias pitch, a swing and a miss. And the Brewers, for the third time in six years, are the National League Central Division champions. And this crowd stuck around to enjoy this moment. And the Brewers are at the top of the Central once again. I don't care where we sleep as long as we're still playing. I'm good with it. Does it feel like just a start or something here now? I hope so. Yeah, I'm excited about it. This team's built for October. And winning the division is the first step. Uh-oh. The goal, the first goal is done. How many celebrations we got left? Four. Four. 